0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. It's not the job of finance ministers and central bank governors to accelerate a crisis. It's our job to try and avoid a crisis. The
1: danger of what's going on in market at the moment is that it does feed back to the real economy. Right now, I don't
0: think we need to do any new fiscal policy. So it's really a question about what's going to happen in the future.
2: Bloomberg Surveillance. Your link to the world of economics, finance and investment on Bloomberg Radio.
0: Good morning. I'm Michael McKee. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 8 p.m. in Shanghai, where the yuan is falling after China cuts bank reserve ratios by 50 basis points. The rest of the world so far ignoring it. The G20, of course, over the weekend telling investors they worry too much. This morning, markets throwing their toys out of the pram in response. Tokyo finished down 1.3%. Europe at the moment is lower. The stock 600 by three-tenths about a point. The DAX is down 95 points, uh, full percentage point lower. We are at the moment uh, looking at a headline from the Bloomberg Professional Federal Mogul getting a merger proposal from Icon Enterprises. We'll check that out and get you more details as they become available. In the U.S., futures are lower, although they have paired their losses, S&P futures down by three points, a little over a tenth of a percent. It's a two-tenths drop for Dow futures. They're off 31, and NASDAQ futures off 14 points now, three-tenths of a percent. The yield curve moving lower in the U.S. and in Germany. Right now, the two-year at 78 basis points, the five-year 1.23, the 10-year going for 175 in the U.S., Eight to, uh, From two years to eight years, German yields dropped to record lows. The two-year in Germany now negative fifty-six basis points. Dollar strengthening today a little bit. The DXY index is up by two tenths of a percent. The yen is lower one twelve ninety-nine. The euro is lower one hundred eight eighty-five. The pounds lower one thirty-eight fifty-two. So um, that's the currency reaction to the G20 right now. Oil is mixed, West Texas Intermediate 32.79, unchanged Brent crude 35.40, up 30 cents on the day. So who will be proved right? G20 policymakers or financial markets? Ben Emmons is a managing director at Leader Capital. He's been watching the reaction to the G20 statement. Uh, ben, G20 said that uh, the fundamentals are better than the markets think. The markets today don't agree.
1: Hi, good morning, Mike. Yes, indeed, markets don't agree. I think the G20 statement was kind of clear about that. Uh, global monetary policy cannot be used for devaluations and cannot carry all of the carry the uh, you know, sort of forward, the, the economy. In other words, you can't rely, keep relying on monetary policy. I think markets are maybe reacting to that a little bit. would say, though, that what happened overnight in China isn't necessarily a positive because as the yuan weakens with tonight the manufacturing data and non-manufacturing data coming out in China maybe linked to that too. People are looking at this very closely. Each time the yuan weakens, it's maybe a precursor to that the data there is weak too. Uh, And we get this week uh, non-ISM data out as well. So I think markets are wary of that type of data where they're responding negatively. But as you said, the G20, it's typically not a really strong statement. I think this time I felt that the statement was very much about central banks. You can't do this all by yourself. Uh, You know, it needs to be more coordinated. And because there's no real clear agreement about that coordination, it leaves with unclarity. And so that uncertainty doesn't help market China. So markets disagree.
0: A lot of people suggesting uh, central banks are kind of at uh, the point of diminishing returns, if not worse. And I don't think anybody thinks that there's a, a the political will for fiscal uh, response. So is this really less about what's going on with the G20 than it is the markets looking at the economic situation, say looking at the, the GDP report in the U.S. that was better than expected but the composition wasn't so great?
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. And I think, you know, one of your stories on on top stories this morning about that the Fed's dots don't connect is a really good point there. Markets are completely moved away from what the Federal Reserve thought the path would look like. And that indicates that markets have said, like, this type of monetary policy isn't anymore the solution for the economic problems that we have. Uh, Even negative rates have been clearly rejected by markets. They look at this as a negative rather than a positive And yet, what we have left with is just monetary policy. And um, I think the view has become, too, is like what's going on in China will matter even more from here on. Uh, Whatever the People's Bank of China, the Central Bank of China, is going to do in terms of its monetary policy will have a big impact on the on markets. So markets are wary of that monetary policy in the developed markets has run its course. Negative rates don't work. That tightening isn't a good thing. They have to look at other central banks, yeah. That's the, the Chinese
2: central bank, for example. Uh, ben Emmons with us, Leader Capital. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance. We're brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Invesco, I-N-V-E-S-C-O, Invesco.com slash High conviction. Uh, ben Emmons, um, where are we on our theory? We have a theory of China. We have a theory of G20. We have a theory of monetary policy. I've got a theory of negative rates with a German two-year negative 0.57 at one point, a 10-year German 0.108 clearly heading towards uh, near or at negative interest rates. Is there a theory to what we're doing now or are we just, just making it up as we go?
1: Well, there's a theory always about that these negative rates, in theory, really work well. But um, I think, as you're saying, as we're kind of assessing as we go along from here, each time these policy measures are announced. So we're going to get the ECB on March 10th, and they have signaled ahead that they're going to make changes to their policy, uh, probably more negative rates, probably more quantitative easing, probably. And markets are kind of trying to assess, well, this is really going to, Change things from here on. The data ultimately doesn't does does matter. I think the data tonight in China, PMI data as well as in the US as elsewhere, is going to be a big deal uh, for market direction because that's really forward-looking data. And and so far, what we've experienced, particularly a few weeks ago when the non-ISM manufacturing data in the US dropped, which is pretty sharply it was a period that markets got into a very negative. Environment, so I think that data really matters. And so that these policy measures that they've put in place is sort of yeah, that's the theory, but the data ultimately determines that. And I think that's what your article this morning said Stu, the connection between the dots and the the market isn't there really because markets are assessing the data just very differently than the Fed does.
0: Well, of course, the dots were, you know, published in. Mid December, even uh, Fed officials, all uh, pretty much everybody who's spoken since then, has moved away from those. Uh, is it a mistake to be still comparing, uh, you know, uh, for for markets to trade off the idea that the Fed is wedded to four four moves?
1: No, that's true. I, I mean, markets have, have early on already decided to say, well, you know, that that sounds pretty optimistic to do to have four hikes. This year, Uh, although if you take us back and you know, let's say since September or so October, there were views out there that the Fed would hike that much this year. It's all changed now, really, because data has changed. And obviously, she said, like, yeah, part of this projection is a bit still now because of the data has changed. That said, I think markets are just looking forward to the next points of data to look at, like, well, Fed can you really be vindicated in that kind of a path? Yes or no? And markets continue to judge. Yeah, that's not true, right? You're not going to be vindicated. The data right. simply doesn't doesn't really match your projection, And then we keep being in this situation, right? We haven't really... We've been in this before over the last sort of year, two years. We'll keep facing this again. The, the Fed won't, won't be able to really... Make his projection, uh, worthwhile, no. well,
2: right? Uh, Ben Emmons with us, leader capital. He'll come back and we'll continue this discussion, setting up the template for, uh, Monday. A little bit of politics folded in here today, as I believe there's a few elections, uh, tomorrow. Mike, out on Twitter, Javier Blas with a blo- beautiful Bloomberg terminal chart of Venezuela foreign exchange reserves. Uh,
0: it is stealthier. Negative rates.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, no. I, I, I. Shannon O'Neill was just on with Council on Foreign Relations. She puts it as summer fall, is where. But, but where she said default. it's hugely yeah. open to debate.
0: The Question open. is what's the uh, what's the impact? Um, it's it's so well advertised, and uh, their their yeah. foreign trade is so small that uh, at this point people are sort of like suggesting this is the best idea, which you don't often see.
2: Yeah. As, as, as well, but uh, something to oh, get them on. Uh, what else do you Let have? me
0: bring people up to date here. Federal mogul. Uh, Carl Icahn yeah. owns about 80% of the company right now. He wants to buy the rest of it. Uh, he's bidding $7 a share in cash. That's a premium of 41%. Over Friday's close of $4.98, uh, the stock halted uh, for the mm-hmm. news at the moment. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on how it reacts to that. Um, federal yeah. going to appoint a special committee to review uh, right. ICON's proposal. A
2: major shout-out, Peter Arment of Stern AG, who made his brilliant Friday on UTX Honeywell. That is a podcast. Michael McKee and I are pleased to tell you, free podcast, iTunes. Is the best way to get them, free podcasts, iTunes, our complete programs, which some people like. But I know, John, you like to hear all forty some sec- forty some minutes of it.
3: How I spend and then my we have, weekend? Yeah,
2: and then the individual podcasts as well, including the important UTX Honeywell uh, interview a Friday. Mm-hmm.
0: Time to check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world of national headlines, Michael.
3: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The day before the Super Tuesday primaries, there's a controversy about an endorsement from Republican frontrunner Donald Trump, and he is squarely in the middle. Rivals say Trump hesitated to denounce an implicit endorsement from former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke. Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz both slammed Trump. The State Department is releasing what it's calling the final batch of Hillary Clinton's emails. The Democratic front runner was Secretary of State. Clinton used a private server to handle official messages. Republican opponents say it was a risk to national security. Spotlight won for Best Picture at last night's Academy Awards. Leonardo DiCaprio won for Best Actor. Brie Larson won for Best Actress. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom?
2: Michael Barr, thanks so much. The end of the risk-free rate was Ben Emmons' important book on the reality of how we invest today. Coming up... Ben Evans of Leader Capital on our search for the new risk free rate. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.
0: Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Mercedes Benz Tri State dealer. When it comes to winter elements, put your best four wheels forward with Mercedes Benz Formatic all wheel drive. Visit your Mercedes Benz Tri State dealer for a test drive today.